Thanks for joining us for the Changing the Industry podcast, where we try to effectuate change for the better one conversation at a time. Part of that change is providing help for those that need it. This is why we've partnered with the Institute for Automotive Business Excellence. Whether it's help with sales, operations, or just getting your numbers in order, these folks are some of the very best in the industry. And for our listeners, they'll sit down with you and go over your strengths, your weaknesses, and the opportunities that are in front of you. They'll create a customized plan for how to move forward absolutely free. That's right, free. And if your plan includes one-on-one coaching, they can also help you with that. There's no hard sales pitch, no obligation, just honest help from honest people. So if that's something that you think could benefit you, make sure you click on the link in the show notes. And now, on to the show. You can leave the lanyard on. Everybody needs to know who you are. <laughs> We're not going to tell anybody who Justin is. <laughs> I called out a homo badge before. I was like, what's that all about? <laughs> Gary's pulling it off. I mean, take that thing off. I said, I don't know. I know you can't say that, but I did because I'm from New York and I can say whatever the hell I want. That's a, that's a fact. Didn't, we had a whole discussion about this. Huh. In New York, York. you tell us. <laughs> New York. In New York, <laughs> you tell somebody, uh, you know, Flip you, right. and they say it back, and you know, just move along. Right. You say that to somebody in the south, and you're you're gonna get knocked out. Yeah, you're gonna get knocked out. No, I, I, no, I agree. I'm just teasing. I'm just playing with you. And I, you know, as many times as you've said "fuck you" this weekend, you're afraid to say it. All of a sudden, what's that? I don't. He don't want to get knocked out. What are, I gotta beat that. What are you doing? What are you, yeah, you gotta beat earmuffs, that. kids. Earmuffs. It's a little you gotta say the earmuffs first, huh? It's a little late. Yeah, earmuffs. Did you earmuffs? No earmuffs? You tell the kids earmuffs? You got him muted. Oh, Oh, what a terrible board operator this guy is. I'll just cut all that out. So I can hear you. Can you hear me? I can hear you. I'll just cut all that out. It'll be fine. Justin Kidd. Me. What's up, man? How did the event go? Is it good? It's going really well. I mean, there's a lot of energy in here. A lot of guys, a lot of smiles. And I have not gotten anybody tell me that. We stink, so that's, that's great. That's what we want. That's a big plus. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Did it, did it grow any? Did it get a little bit bigger? We still have about the same amount just this for last year. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. if anybody takes a certain class, we want to make sure that it's not standing room only. Yeah, so right. I, I mean, of, if you put any more in, you're going to be yeah. out of space. Yeah. It, it should be the perfect amount. It's still. Yeah. Okay. That's good. Yeah. yeah. I know These, a lot of people were upset they didn't get to come. Hmm. Now that they have heard about it for several months, and yeah. yes, now all of a sudden if they realize they wanted to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's a little FOMO going on. Yeah, absolutely. which is good. It's not bad. FOMO's not bad. FOMO's not bad. We need to get more vendors in here. Yeah, yeah. we have fewer than we did last year. That's true. And some of those vendors, except for one, deadbeats, dead to us. <laughs> Josh Carden, dead to us. Oh, Poor, no. Josh. Poor Josh. Poor Josh. Poor <laughs> Josh. Uh, so we uh, were looking forward to talking to Josh. He was a riot last year. He, he was. was hilarious. Yeah, he's he he's was. really intelligent. He's a lot of fun. Yeah, he's yeah. a lot of fun, and he didn't come. I uh, hurt my feelings. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I wanted him to be here. I think I, a lot of guys this for whatever reason this week just wasn't going to work in the books. Was yeah. it really the yeah. the week? Uh, I guess we, it's a week later than it was last year, wasn't it? Similar, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, was it we were week after Mother's Day? I don't know. Is that right? Yeah, 
I think so. Yeah. Watched a lot of money and said, please follow me around wherever I go. I, not my I knew there was something. <laughs> I knew there was something. Say nice things that. and, you know, don't throw eggs. And I said, yeah, sure. No, I can do that. Nah. How do we get started? I'll, get, I'll let you tell. I walked in the door of a BMW shop ah. with, as a service writer mm. with my knees knocking as, after being a technician and said, I really thought I could do this very easily. Yeah. And uh, I come to find out that that was not exactly accurate. But what I was very good at is finding out that the cars that were coming back to the customers were not all getting fixed right away by certain technicians. So yeah. I relied on Tom to help me figure out what just went wrong downstairs ah. so that I wasn't embarrassed at the top of the Right. That's true. That's and true. Uh, we be, just became closer friends as the years went on. And we progressed to technical support right. representatives. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and I, I brought him from Mini Cooper BMW. Right. And, uh, man, you've been helping me along the way ever since. I, you know, it was easy. He's got to be demented, right? Because he, he worked on BMWs and Mini Coopers, <laughs> right? That's bad enough. Yeah. Right? Well, but he was teaching a Land Rover class. And, well, I was into boats too. So if if you have a boat problem on a pinch, you bring it to Tom's house and they'll help you drain all the fuel out, rebuild everything, <laughs> run trailer lights, bearings in the in the trailer, and he'll get like you down we the did road. for you on your way to vacation. Mm-hmm. On your way to vacation, <laughs> you mean you're one of those that waits until like you're well, getting ready? We bought the boat and said it's good, and and and, and, and entrusting that the boat was good, we took it out and pff, fell flat on his face. So this boat's got to go in like. Four days. And he goes, bring it over. Spent all night. We got that boat rocking now, for that me. is a good friend. Well, it's, it's part of what I do. Um, you know, uh, <clears throat> by the time I met Justin, okay, mm-hmm. uh, my life, you can't call it a career. It's more of a journey, okay? Yeah. Um, I just rolled out of high school and went to work. And I started actually working when I was about 12. But, uh, you know, I uh, got married to my wife in 1977 and took a job at a dealership and the dealership happened to be, you know, of course, prior to that, I was working for like Napa auto parts and, yeah. you know, delivery guy and doing what you do, learn some machining, very curious about the whole process. And of course it was a different world, you know, completely different universe. So I was pretty young and uh, got married and uh, decided I'd need a real job. Actually, she decided I need a real job <laughs> and uh, let's, let's be clear. And, um, playing rock and roll. Was it in your future? Yeah, I was trying to play rock and roll. I'm a drummer by trade to, to a degree. And, um, and uh, being a rock star wasn't going to get it. I, I even had hair at one point. You know? oh. So anyway, um, I went out and uh, found my way to a, uh, of all places, a, a, a Jaguar dealership. You know, And they said, sure, we'll take you in. You got some parts background. Come on, you can be a parts guy. Mm-hmm. So I did. And that was 1977. You know, would wow. be my first day in the door. So 77, here I am in this dealership. And I did 20 years. Okay. So... By 19, late 1996, 97, world changed. I'd grown up. Kids are on the way, bought a house, all that sort of stuff. And, um, but kids on the way, heck, I had two already. But, yeah. uh, uh, you know, so it, it was time to make another move. So I left that uh, dealership. Uh, actually, I, I didn't get invited to stay the next year because the people that bought it, what's the first thing they do? They, yeah. they, they, cut, they cull the herd. Yeah. So off I went down the block and opened up a place called the Jag Shop specializing in Jaguar and Land Rover cars and just, you know, did that for 14, 15 years, whatever it is, somewhere around 08, 09 banks were folding Mm -hmm. customers with lots of money and expensive cars weren't showing up. So I sold it, you know, liquidated it, went back to work at Land Rover for a short period of time. 
And then somehow, through some act of God, I wound up over at uh, uh, the dealership just up the block, uh, which would happen to be BMW Mini Cooper. So that that's where it all came together. Right. Along the way, however, I was trying to make a decision to leave the automotive industry altogether. I wanted to be in the marine business. Okay. So I did four and a half years uh, of marine tech at night. You know, I got all my certifications for outboard and diesel and electronics and safety and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So that gave me that boating background that he's talking about. Okay. So it's just one more thing I can do. But trying to be in a boating business in 09, and not a good idea because, yeah. once again, you know, it's Chase Manhattan's not, yeah. not lending money. So I said, well, we'll just go back in a car business and wind up over at this Mini Cooper BMW situation that uh, Justin's talking about. And that's kind of where it all lit up. You know, we started from there. And uh, Lucas and I have been telling you about Parts Tech for a while now and how it gives you access to unlimited parts and tire vendors and direct integration with over 35 shop management systems. And now they've just launched a new referral program. All you have to do is open your Parts Tech account, go to my shop, and click on the rewards tab. There you'll find your referral URL, which you can share via email, text message, or on your social media. If your referral signs up for a new account and places five orders in the first 30 days, Parts Tech will send you a $100 gift card. That's it, nothing else is needed. Your referrals can get you $100 just for using Parts Tech, which by the way, is absolutely free to get started with. So if you're using Parts Tech already, Start sharing that referral link. And if you haven't signed up for Parts Tech yet, what are you waiting for? Click on the link in the description or go to partstech.com forward slash podcast. That's partstech.com forward slash podcast. Hey, one more thing. If you find out that your shop management system doesn't integrate with Parts Tech, it's time to upgrade. David and I use what we believe to be the very best system on the market, Shopware. With unmatched features like Parts GP Optimizer and DVX, which is their digital vehicle experience, Shopware really is way more than just a shop management software. With it, you'll be able to create an immersive and interactive experience for your client, setting you apart from everyone else using run-of-the-mill software. Are you ready to upgrade? Click the link in the show notes to get started. Just kept working. Well, so he, he was telling us a little bit of, of the story, and I, I thought it was intriguing earlier when, when you were talking about this, was the, the move into many. Yeah. A, because a lot of technicians, right? Like where we're at today, especially in the dealer world, mm -hmm. the thought of moving to a different brand, mm -hmm. moving to an independent shop is terrifying to them. Right. From the dealer to an independent. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. Or even to a different brand. Mm -hmm. okay. And so you, you moved to a, a whole different brand. Yeah. Right. And you, you took it by the horns, right? Well, my attitude is this. It's just a car. It's a machine. It has four wheels and, and a propulsion device of some sort, be it electric, right. gas, diesel, whatever they're using. And, uh, if, you know, if anyone's crazy enough to hire me, I'm going to try and fix it. Okay. Yeah. So, and I'm going to apply myself to do so. And things like working on mini Cobras never embarrassed me. I don't care if they came in with pink eyelashes on and they did. Okay. <laughs> and I don't care if they was painted yellow, make no difference to me. I put them on right. my own, fix them all day long. Okay. You, you um, get some real interesting, uh, looks on the road when you Nothing like a pink Mini Cooper with a wind-up key in the back and eyelashes on the headlights. Yep. Yeah. That's a ride for you, man. But, um, yeah, it didn't make any difference to me. And it made it actually easy. Well, again, like I said, I went down a block to be a BMW guy. I'm going to be a hot ride BMW guy. And BMW, to me, is just basically the Chevrolet of Germany anyways. It makes, makes no yeah. difference whether it's Jag or BMW or Chevrolet, for that matter. Okay? Right. So, uh, uh Less than a short period of time as a 
BMW kind of guy. And I got walked down to the over to the across the guy's place to this brand new Mini Cooper dealership, which was on his property because now it's BMW Mini Cooper, right? And the guy says, hey, you like English cars. And I'm like, hold on, it's not English anymore. <laughs> well, they used to be. And that was excuse enough to pull me off the line and, and, and drag me over there. And uh, to set the stage for that, uh, it, the, the man's dealership was in trouble. And he was bringing in new help. He promoted a new service manager. And uh, he was looking for service guys. And this is what Justin gravitated to it. And they grabbed me off the BMW lines and you're going to go over there. And, and again, no fight, no argument. I have no problem with it. And what we discovered when we got there is that it really was a disaster. Okay. I'm not going to name the place, but the, yeah. the, 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 the scenario is that it really was a disaster. And um, there was stacks of cars, you know, 30, 40 deep, and I'm not making it up, on racks in the back. They Holy were all dead cow. in the water, and they were all brand new, all had license plates. I thought it was stock. I thought the guy's inventory when I looked at it. Yeah. It's all brand new cars that failed within a short period of time. And, of course, for every one of those that were hanging out for months on end, weeks on end, there was the loaner car. So this guy's bleeding. Right? Yeah. So he's making big changes. And uh, the new the new muscle coming into town was Justin and uh, a young lady, Jackie, right? She was, she was a sweetheart. She's very good. Still in the industry. Doing very well with BMW, by the way. And uh, myself, you know, and we went in there. And basically what happened was um, I figured out a way. You know, uh, he's up front dealing with the customers. Yeah. Right. I'm downstairs because it was two level. Beautiful building, by the way. Yeah. Brand new facility. And, and so was this a pattern failure that had all these cars broken? Yeah. Well, as we learned, we're going back in time now. So we're, we're talking, we're in like, we're in like 2010. 09, 2010, 2011, yeah. right? Something like that, whatever. And uh, yeah, well, the time chains are flying out of them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And for a lot of uh, reasons, okay, these cars were halfway through their first 10,000 miles and are on a rack, not running. Okay. And I always tell the story. Uh, about how I would come up out of the basement. You know, here I am, this new guy, right? And I'd come up out of the basement and stand there with my RRO, and Justin would be to one side, and young lady be to the other side, and she's talking to the customer, and she'd say things like, well, here you go, Mr. Smith, here's your, here's your key, and remember, don't touch anything on the car. It's a bumper-to-bumper warranty. You just need to come back and see us in 15,000 miles for your oil change. I figured she made a mistake, okay? Right. So... Uh, let it be. And this happened several times when I finally just stepped up to the plate and I took the young lady to the side. I said, ah, you sure you want to be telling him that? And she takes out her paper and it's right from BMW on BMW stock. Says that right here. And I'm like, okay. Took me a long time to figure out why that was what we were telling him. But it was the reason why the cars were failing. They don't have any oil in them. Yeah. Yeah. Right? It's still an internal combustion engine. It needs oil. Sorry, can't change that. Huge okay. turbos. Yeah, turbos. Big old one six, uh, one eight liter car with a two liter turbo on it. And then later went to a twin scroll type turbo. So you're, you're boosting even harder and sooner and longer. Anyway, in the, uh, the end of that story is basically that, you know, our, our, our uh, government uh, asked all the manufacturers to um, reduce their carbon footprint. Yeah. And what they meant was build a better car. Okay, to meet your, your upcoming emission standards, you know. Again, we're going back in time. And they said, yeah, sure. And, and instead of doing building a better, mount, better mousetrap, we just reduce the amount of oil changes. Well, you had, <laughs> now you can check the box, can't you, right? Right. And you get your federal credits and life goes on. Uh, this is abusing the customer. This is abusing the car and, of course, blah, blah, blah. So my job, the reason I set the stage that way is that my job, once I realized what was going on, was 
let's find out what's broken and, and timing change. Of course, there are a few engines that had to be replaced. Time change rule stretched to hell, and the car was injured at a very young amount of miles. So I became, let's just say, very proficient at uh, doing timing change. How many a day? <laughs> Let's, oh, you want the whole story? Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll tell that part. Okay. So you can the tell service manager comes down and goes, <laughs> how many of those can you do a day? And he's like, well, I don't know. I think I'm up to two, maybe three by the end of the day. He goes, I bet you can't get to five. He goes, I'll take that challenge. <laughs> <laughs> so he's knocking five timing chains out the door. Wow. Close to four. Maybe the fifth yeah. one's in the morning. Yeah. But he is, he is, all the cars in the rack are going, okay, back to the car. New loaner car. Back to the customer. New loaner car. And he's knocking them out, knocking them out. The service manager's like, dude, keep this up. This is working great. Right. And what, again, not taking words out of your mouth, what we didn't realize was that you still have to flag the time. Right. And BMW, or <laughs> nor did the service manager at the time care, because <laughs> he was a new service manager. So he just wanted to look really, really good. So yeah. I, I cleaned this. See, I cleaned up that shop. You did a great job. And we definitely patted Tom on the back, but he got the recognition for it, yeah. as well as an audit. Right. Yeah, because it doesn't work like that, okay? I came from owning my own shop, so I'm working 12 hours, 14 hours a day. You're not flagging your time. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what flagging time meant, okay, because I just started in the morning and worked till the bell rang, and I went home, okay? And and again. I was going to say, kind of like the conversation we were having yesterday where it got very interesting within the the roundtable conversation of what does flat rate mean? When do we get rid of that? And and at what point does – you know, certain car brands, there is non-time. We just, yeah, no one knows how to fix it, so there's mm-hmm. no book time. Exactly. Get going. Yeah. Did they not have book time for chains yet? Well, or? That, oh, mm-hmm. they didn't know. So that, you know, I mean, again, your turn. <laughs> I was just going to touch on that. Um, when I started that journey of trying to, you know, figure out, first of all, well, I diagnosed all the cars, and, and the diagnostic was all the same. Open a hood, make a measurement. It's all broken the same way. Yeah. Okay, that's there's no enough. oil in this car, <laughs> and there's no oil in this car. I mean, dry, right? But uh, I would go inside, and I would again. My approach wasn't about you know flagging time and two tenths of an hour and all that nonsense. Yeah. I was just like, uh, here's what I found. And the guy, of course, this new service manager. Again, everybody was new, brand new. Okay, yes. new service manager was well. Uh, can you fix it? I'm like, sure. Hi, what do you want to do? I never did one. Well, here's a book. Read on how to do it. So, of course, you know, BMW, uh, any any manufacturer has the way they want it done, and it's their way, and mm-hmm. they base what they pay you on their way. Mm-hmm. I opened up and said, well, look at that, a little over 12 hours, damn near 13 hours per car. And I said, all right, let me take the book, let me take the car, put one on the rack, and they hand me all the special tools and said, go at it. 13 hours later, I got one done. There you go. There's one out the door. That's great. Number two, same way. Uh, now I've lost time. It cost me 14 hours or whatever it was. And this, this is, for me, like one whole day because that's yeah. what I was used to doing. And much younger at the time. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I could do it back then. But at one, another point, I went back to this new service manager. I said, can I do it my way? And he goes, I don't care how you do it. Just keep doing it. So I created a method doing it my way that I could beat the clock. And right away, I could beat it by half. So my day is over, and I've gone home getting paid for everything. I'm getting paid, let's call it 14 hours. I've only worked 10, and I haven't had a hard day. Yeah. Okay? So, of course, 
you know, I'm not realizing that this is flying in the face of all the other guys that are flagging time and working flat rate and all of that. Yeah. And, and, you know, they would kill each other with a knife just to get 100 hours. You know, this would be like, you know, yeah. this is like a great week. And I'm doing it like falling off a log. Okay. And I don't care because I don't. But anyway, what it comes down to is I, 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 <laughs> I became very proficient at it. And I got it down to what that challenge that um, yeah. uh, Justin told you about. And um, the challenge really went like this. How fast can you do this? I said, well, I think I can do it in just over two hours. That's car on the lift, wheels off, parts laid out, my tools my way. All right, let's do it. And on the bet, I won the bet. So if you think about that, I could do four of these cars a day and get paid 14 hours per car. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, rolling, I'm rolling large at this point. Okay? Right. Yeah. You know, hand a mom a check and she's looking at me like, really? What are you doing? You know? <laughs> so, you know, that, that, that's that story. But it cost me, right? And it cost the other guys because now they rewrote the time and everything. Yeah. And uh, what was going on here was we got the audit. We got beat up on it because... How can we don't have any documentation this man even exists or ever went to Mini Cooper school? Yeah. And they want everybody to have their uh, credentials before you yeah. can do this. So we can go on and on about it. But what it comes down to is I, I had to go off to Mini, get basic, intermediate. And when I, I had to fight for the masters, they didn't want to give that to me because, you know, they were going to squeeze me out anyway. As soon as they get finished this investigation and finish their audit and everything, you're out of here, bud. Right. So. But that's okay. I moved on. What? That's when I went to tech support. So, so what was it that you did differently? What was the strategy? What did you change? I used my tools and some of the specialty tools. I took components out of the way. It never bothered me to take a headlight and inner fender well and the engine mounts out because I got it down to a few minutes. Okay. Right. Uh, I wasn't underneath the car with a long spanner, you know, one, one, one thread at a time on a, on a special ratchet. Okay. Right. I was... Uh, oh, geez, I don't even remember exactly all the things I did. But um, I, I, I wouldn't brutalize the car, and I wasn't hacking the car, okay? Mm -hmm. um, but what I was doing was just saying, if this was an emergency situation, I had to triage this thing right now, what would I do? And I don't have factory tools. How would you do it? Right. That was my approach. And by doing so, I got it down to a very short period of time, okay? And... And one of the things they're very concerned about, when, when you spend money, you want to make sure your investment is solid. So you don't want any comebacks. Yeah. Well, we're talking 40 cars with zero comeback. I must have done something right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the customers are happy again. And we discussed that oil change interval. And many of those customers, from what I understand, as I was told, purchased other cars from that dealership. What's the problem? Well, you don't have credentials. Okay, get out. So they, they they weren't even interested in. It's their way of the highway. They right? needed need a, a shame a fall guy. So yeah. the, the service manager was going to go on to better things, right. but the technician didn't matter at that point. He right. was. They could they could just say mm. we, we fixed the right, problem. What's the problem though? Is it that they that you showed them up that hey we came up with this process of fourteen hours, and you figured out a way to do it in two. Well, we like, can't have this. Right. Yeah. Yeah, they, well, they can't. Even after I was asked to demonstrate it in in the Jersey headquarters, and I'm not going to speak to the agreement I had to make, but after I demonstrated it to them, they're like, "This is not how we do things." I, I guess I looked like a you know, like a bull in a china shop to them, but 
That's what they asked me to do, get these cars out of here. I answered right. the request, okay? I don't think at any point, and the guys around me, you know, took up my methods, okay, because they want to make some money too. Yeah. So if yeah. they get two a day or even one a day and get that 12, 14 hours, yeah. they're happy guys. You know, Tom, how do you do it? We did it. I showed them, sure, you know. But, you know, just is what it is. That's just one of those things I do, I've done in my life. That's a crazy story. And it's something. Uh, that doesn't make any sense. And that then was stupid. We went to do training, <laughs> and then we ended up doing timing chains and shipping an engine around the country. Oh yeah, and started teaching people how to do that. Yeah, job. oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> in the car is one story. In the independent, right? yeah, we did. When, when back in in our other company yeah. days, we would um, we would uh, travel around with an N14 and later on an N18 and and do hands-on timing chain. In fact, the other day it's funny that we're even on the subject. But uh, Phil was talking to me. He says, "This Tom," and I say, "Yeah." He says, uh, uh, Phil's name is Larry. I'm going to use Larry. I think his name is Larry. This is Larry. I said, how you doing, Larry? And I'm like, you know, cause, yeah, you talked to a lot of people during the day. You can't remember many of them, right? Right. Or any of them for that matter. Um, uh, it's Larry. I said, he said, so are you, are you teaching? I said, yeah, I'm in Ogden, Utah. He said, oh, are, are you teaching Mini Cooper? I said, no, sir. I'm doing Jaguar Land Rover. And he goes, I, I went to your Mini Cooper class. I said, you did? He goes, it's like seven or eight years ago. And I'm like, <laughs> how'd I do? And he goes, you did really well. I wish you'd come back out and teach some more, right? Yeah. But it's funny. Here we are talking the story again. And, yeah. and that, that was on the phone yesterday. You know? well, well, so the transition from that, because that, that's one of the things that comes up a lot, right? And we talked about it last night. What does a technician do when they can't be a technician anymore? Right? right. So that transition from technician to training, how did that happen? Was that all this guy's fault? Yeah, that's or? his fault. Absolutely. So how completely? I, I I like to think I can recognize someone that has, and again, anybody can go and be. I, wait, wait, hold on. They can be. They can be very, very good at being a technician. Let me be very clear here. Mm-hmm. You can be very good in front of a public setting, and it takes a very special person to do this. One, with on a telephone call, and two be able to stand up in front of a group of people, present yourself, and also be the expert I, at this brand. Okay, so I. So that's not me. That's somebody he's got. Certainly not. Maybe. I I think you've touched on it before, but maybe it's time you tell your story. Because I don't know that we've ever told your story. What's my story? Well, you've got a pretty interesting story of how you got here and where it all started. And so I decided I was going to be a famous rock guitarist (laughs) (laughs) and i went to music school and said wow i am in a world of trouble here these guys are way better than me and uh i said i gotta figure something else out so i liked working on cars and i walked into a just a place and said i got a claw hammer and my dad's old sockets in a little red toolbox i said can i help and you teach me and i worked at a uh you know like a goodyear location yeah, and I uh, eventually said, "I think I can do this more. Let me get my my inspection license." And then I moved on to a dealership, and I didn't understand. Someone said, "There's politics at dealerships." I said, "What does that even mean?" <laughs> I have no idea. So yeah. they uh, they almost kind of talked me out of going into the dealership world, and I went in, went into a Mercedes dealership, liked it. I ended up working for my um, well, the gentleman that was training me was a young kid, a younger guy, and uh, I ended up hiring him later. He was my mentor. 
So and, I ended up hiring him as a tech support agent later. I came and, back for him. And you did really big things at Mercedes-Benz, right? I don't know if that's really that's true. I went to a different state, so I moved from New York to California, and I got a job there with what I would consider one of my favorite experiences as a technician. Again, at a dealership, um, came from an independent, went to the dealership, and then as soon as I kind of left that dealer, I went from a dealer in San Diego. It was a 60-bay shop, three wow. teams of 20. Uh, the service drive was probably four to four to five garage door bays. And when the doors open in the morning, I, I don't know if that's an exaggeration, but at least 50 cars showed up every single day through that drive. Right. And then they got to go because there's not enough space. So yeah. 60 technicians are now wrenching on these cars throughout the day. It is absolutely organized chaos. Penske, organized chaos. So it is a cookie yeah. cutter. We got this down pat. People bring you parts. You order parts on the computer. It shows up at your station. And you're ready to rock and roll. Next car, next car, next car. It's, it's a whole workflow. And then going back to New York, I said, why aren't you guys doing it like this? Yeah. And they because like, of New York, man. <laughs> don't do that. Don't have to do nothing. I'm going to tell you what you're going to work on. I wrote, I pulled ROs with a computer. It, it was, it was not, uh, there was no, you know, there was an algorithm, but it was not a physical human saying, you are going to get all the gravy and you look a little funny. So you're going to get all the crummy work. And then you're giving me some money under the table. So I'm going to make sure that we're going to split that at the end of the day. No, this was ding, new ticket. If I didn't like it or if it was something that was going to take a little bit more time, yeah. I could order parts. I knew what it was. Put that on hold. Take another ticket. I mean, the assembly line of work was absolutely perfect. And yeah. I, I want to say that I've heard a story that that particular dealership, like some of the people in that dealership, because it was so well ran, made their way up through Mercedes-Benz and did some really big things with that organization. Yep. Uh, some, I, I, I don't know how much I should Express of course, with of course. some of them, but I will tell you that um, I made such close friends. I went to San Diego uh, this weekend. Oh, and really? I met up with um, was my roommate because he was my stallmate, and we became really good friends. And I needed a you know someone to help yeah. me rent the apartment, and I just met up with him again after it's probably been maybe five years at least since I've seen him. But I went back to San Diego, rang him up, came over. It was just like being there from yesterday. That's awesome. My team leader who was, uh, ended up winning the Master Guild Award for Best of the Best in the World after he was challenged by Germany, Yeah, um, I think two to three years in a running, ended up being on the back of Time Magazine with the SLS um, for winning a team of Master Guild. So he trained the That's people in the country. That's awesome, dude. Um, and now <laughs> he went on to, again, corporate Mercedes. So yeah, some of yeah. those guys that I was wrenching with back in the 2006, seven, eight, nine, uh, in San Diego, they did go on to bigger and better things. That's awesome. Dude. And, uh, I have to say, I was, I'm, I'm pretty proud of where I can look back and see my colleagues. And then where I've now come to yeah. be on a podcast talking about automotive <laughs> education and, and training and, <laughs> All that work just to get you to I, this podcast. Just to get I here. <laughs> there you go. Well, and and so you you left Mercedes, right? How did you end up in tech support? How did how did all this happen? That 
um, mm. was a stroke. stroke mm. It was an accident and a stroke of genius. I'm not sure. So I will tell you that I mm. forced my way in and I begged uh, my former employee to look at my mm. resume because uh, it took me about six months to get a job there because I was really, really unhappy being at that dealership that, again, my friend Tom was. Yeah. We were kind of in a – it was a good amount of time we stayed there. We had a great time. I learned. I got made really good friends. Right. And the job kind of changed. Again, right. management made this uncomfortable for all of us. And uh, I looked for a way out for a while. Right. And I found an article that said, um, looking for a sales rep that can sell Mercedes-Benz equipment. I'm like, whoa, maybe that maybe that's the key. And I found this job posting somewhere. And I applied and the guy goes, you would be perfect. I don't know if you need to be the sales rep. We have a tech support. Um, are you interested in doing tech support? Because if you're a salesman, it's no guarantee. And if you want to come into the office, which, by the way, happens to be in your hometown. I'm right. like, oh, wow. That oh. works. Yeah. Now, again, that wasn't in California. I had to go drive back to New York to learn this. So yeah. from New York, got my, my start at Mercedes, went fully educated in San Diego, and they sent me to training every couple of weeks there. And then came out of that as a master technician, came back to New York, and I couldn't find a job. Even though I'm a master tech now and I, I could potentially right. make more money, the same dealership I left wasn't interested. But those technicians I used to work with in New York never made it to a master su you know, support. They never went to training. They right. were stagnant in that same dealership when I came back, and I was shocked. So I made, I think, a very intelligent move to get yeah, out. Yeah, definitely. Came back, and then BMW was the, actually the kicker. Because I actually ended up learning the lingo of BMW and how they function and started helping, you know, again, with right. Tom's help, I was a service writer for BMW and for Mini Cooper. And that company was looking for a split of both. They oh, needed wow. help with BMW and Mercedes because that's how they were growing. Yeah. And I just happened to kind of fall in after I asked several times, can I please yeah. be a part of this? Yeah. I got in and uh, it was a, Probably the best thing that ever happened to me. I yeah, to and, and it's been a it's been a wild ride ever since, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, hard. Yeah, right. It's not easy doing a support, you know, for customers and trying to help fix cars with your eyes closed and your hands tied behind your back. Right. That is a. I have to tell you, um, one of the classes here that uh, Justin Morgan taught is mm -hmm. uh, the case study class. That it's, the name of it is escaping me right now. He basically, he teaches the classes if they're going to do the case studies and he's not going to do anything other than explain what's wrong with the car and let them think about it in groups. Yeah. Right? Nice approach. Um, and I can't tell you how effective that is because if, again, as we walked into a place and said, here's a phone, there's your computer, people are going to call you and ask you how to fix it. Mm -hmm. right? I'm blind to this. I can't see what's happening. I can't right. touch the car. Um, that was a big adjustment. just gave that same analogy. And it helped me become a better technician in so many ways. I don't yeah. need to, I don't need the car there. I know how the system works. Yeah. I know what it's going to be looking for. Right. I can look at the diagrams. I can read the service information and I can tell you how that's going, that service function is going to work now. And I can think about yeah. outside the you box. You can see so, it. Can you see can it. see it. You know, I, I remember when, when we were working on a lot of diesel pickups, I'd get a lot of calls about diesel trucks and I couldn't figure out. And I would tell them like, there's only three things that can cause that. I mean, no, 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 no. I've changed all those parts. No, I'm telling you, there's three things that can cause that. And and one of those three things is causing you either got a bad part, you got a bad wire, or you got a bad module. That's the only three things that'll cause that. There's no, 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 it couldn't be that. I'm telling you, 
I know how it works. And that is the only thing that it could be. I promise you, it's that. And eventually they would change parts and change parts and change parts. And the truck would come to my shop and find a bad wire. Right. right. I'll never forget one time a 6 with an IPR that had somebody had put the IPR in. And when they tightened it down, it pulled the connector over to where the connector was facing down. Well, they just fought the connector in and the truck would take off and run away. And so Ooh. the control wire on the IPR was grounded against the bottom of the, <laughs> and, and they were like, I don't understand why the ICP is so high. Well, there's only one thing that will cause that, right? Like if, if it's actually got high oil pressure, there's only one thing that will do it. It's that controller right there. It's either that it's grounded out or it's stuck. And so it's as simple as spin around and look at it. Yet spend three weeks working on it because you don't understand how it works, right? And being able to see it in your head. And, and I think that's the big thing that, like when I started going over Scanner Danner stuff, right, and and watching, because now you can see it happen and you can see somebody else doing it. And now you can see it in such a way that, that you understand the theory of operation. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of my biggest beefs with manufacturers right now is they're not even remotely willing in a lot of cases to provide theory of operation. Exactly right. Why does mm-hmm. it do what it does? I don't care what it does. It doesn't matter to me what it does. I can deal with that. But why does it do that? And we were talking about it earlier. I was talking about Ford 6.0 sinks. They've got a Fickham sink that's from the PCM to the Fickham that tells it if the cam cranks in sync. But then it's got another sink pit in it. Well, what does that mean and what does it do? And they say, oh, don't worry about it. We don't know. Does it say sink? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> does it say yes? Yeah. Good. Yeah, that's what you want to – it's supposed to say yes. Yeah, but what does it mean when it doesn't say yes? Uh, we uh, – We'll get back to you. We'll get back to you on that. (laughs) They forgot my telephone number. Yeah. yeah. Uh, So, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, it's interesting. They can see the car and don't understand the theory. We're staring at theory all day and can't see the car. So, it's a good blend if you're doing it right. Right? That is pretty And these tech sessions bring that home, you know, what we we, we talked about today. Um, It's exactly it. You know, where I I was explaining systems and diagrams and the flow of, yeah. Uh, of the process, the theory of it, and a lot of heads are nod, and which is what you want to see in your classroom. And uh, and uh, but I can't see the car. I can only hear your problem, you know, or you can describe yeah. a problem to me. Well, I, you know, I, I told the story yesterday. We were talking about uh, Audi, and and Chris Martino was like, "Hey, man, it's this." Okay, cool. I don't need to ask more questions. That's the Chris Martino. Like if if you know if it's doing this, this can affect that. Have you looked at it? No. Okay. Thanks. Right. I, like with that information, I can take that and can run with it. And sometimes that experience and that knowledge that something could happen means a ton to a guy who's actually trying to understand the right. system. Right. That's where remote tech support becomes so valuable. Right. And, and, you know, we had that talk last night on the panel is it can't be on the spot Insta train. Right. right? This is you have to understand the system on your own. You have to understand how to do the testing. You have to understand how to use your meter leads. I can't do that for you. I can't teach you that. It'd take us six months. And and that was always, like when I was helping people with trucks, that was always my biggest frustration is because I can't. I can't tell you how to hook your meter up and go through it because you're not grasping what I'm saying. Mm. And one of the most frustrating things I ever experienced was is, hey, does it have power and ground? Ah, what <laughs> does it have power and ground? Well, I, 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 uh, I ain't checked that yet. 
I looked at it. Sure right. does. Yeah, I know, right? Like, uh, well, I mean, if it doesn't have power and ground, like, how are we going to? I need you to do that first. Well, I, couldn't you just tell me what's wrong with it? Let me get the parts can. <laughs> no, right? Let me get the parts can. Let me get the magic wand. Oh, we had that. Oh, uh, we have a magic diagnostic wand. dice were my favorite. That's it. Oh, diagnostic yeah. dice. We yeah. got that. Well, and I mean, it, I, I think that that opportunity, we, we use iScan for all kinds of stuff, right? And and it saved us so much money. It saves us so much money. And and I'll liken it to the 6.0 that you were dealing with a while back. And and David called me up and he said, hey, I've got this 6.0 and here's what's going on with it. And I said, do one or two tests, right? Take it and drive it with a pressure gauge on the degas bottle and see if it makes pressure. And go back to the shop and close the veins on the VGT and see if when you close the veins on the VGT, you rev it up. If it goes up really quick, usually that's an EGR cooler. If you've got steam in the tailpipe, that's an EGR cooler. If it's a head gasket, you're not going to have steam in the tailpipe. And if it does not have an EGR cooler, I promise you it's not an EGR cooler. And so we start talking about what it takes to do that job. Man, that is super valuable, sure. right? Because like if we call you guys and y'all say, hey, listen, I'm just letting you know. If you're going to do that job, you need this and this and this and this and this and this and this. This is like, this is a job. <laughs> you understand that, right? And that sucker can get driven right out of my parking lot, right up on the back of a rollback and right to the dealer, right? <laughs> like it doesn't hurt my well, we, a bit. We, we play that game with uh, like the sprinters. Because yeah. They have that emissions modification recall. Yeah. And we get that request a lot. But the reality is those trucks make people money. Yeah. So. Right now, the dealers are backed up and may, may or may not have all the parts available, but they are, there's a wait list to get those trucks in. Yeah. So the requests would come in and say, I need the, ad, you know, uh, limited starch remaining, uh, reset. Yeah. And then I actually ask them if they know that there's a recall on this because they're warranting the engine module, the ADWU module, the CDI, uh, catalyst. They're cutting the O2 sensors out of the car and they're like, wait, 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 stop, stop, stop. What about all the stuff we just did to it? I said, Oh, Great question. Um, they'll pay the customer for the repair, right. and they'll reimburse them for all the work that you just did because you didn't know there was a bulletin about this. Right. And they're like, great. Uh, yeah, I think we're about done here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, I mean, again, you don't want to see the cust- you don't want to see the car go to the dealer because you're losing the work. Yeah. But you want to make sure that you take care of the customers and they come back to the dealer. That's sure number can- one. Yeah. Right. And and if you knew how, how many clients poorly have- designed are these turds that they have to go through that much. Just it was, the meat emissions. It was another sixteen to eighteen hour uh, yeah. federally mandated mandated recall that they teased the owner of the car to go get it done with. I forget twenty five hundred dollars. I want to say was this like a VW? Uh, we're fudging the Let's numbers. Let's not call it a cheat. Let's call it a. They weren't injecting enough AdBlue, I believe, into the system because it was at idle, and it seemed to work just great because that was the fit. But something similar. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So, oops. <laughs> you know, oops, we, nothing. It was the, those no, TDIs no, were perfectly listen. clean. There was absolutely nothing wrong with them. Sometimes <laughs> you got to roll the dice and just see. If no, you're gonna... it's not rolling. It, I'm just telling you. Diagnostic the, dice. Yeah, I would. I would have <laughs> yes, been the, the executive that said, "Listen, is it going to meet emissions if we do it like this? Yes. <laughs> Ship it." <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, you're not an executive. <laughs> I know. But I'm, I'm saying, like, they're not they're not destroying. It, it's not like it's driving down the street and leaving black gunk on the side of every car it passes. Like, it wasn't Bluebird really going to run trucks. that long anyway. I mean, it is a sprinter. Um, like, you can't. Um, well, maybe not the sprinter, but the Volkswagen diesels, the TDIs. Those 
300,000 miles. But just think of how many, how, how much they saved carbon footprint wise by not having to make another flipping vehicle because that thing is still on the road 300,000 miles later. I mean, I think it's pretty clear. Nobody considers that, right? There's an argument right there. (laughs) I should have been the lawyer fighting the EPA for VW. There you go. I can tell you've never owned a BEW Volkswagen diesel. What's that? Me? Yeah. Maybe you've owned an ALH and and you made it out with that. What's an ALH? I don't know. An ALH is the one that would go Mm 300,000 miles without issue. Is that like 98 and up? Mm-hmm. Okay. All the way up to 2005. And then in 2005, the camshaft was made of this inferior metal and it would. Yeah, uh, those, the later models were a little sketchy. It would blow the buckets out. Know. And yeah. It was, yeah. It <laughs> but they had a lot more power. They were peppy. I don't know. Those I, older ones were not at all peppy. I, I've got a friend that's got a 400 horsepower ALH and, and that little car. When you okay, put well, 400. I'm just talking stock though. <laughs> stock? Stock. That's a thing. What am I going to dump money in that? I already get. I already have to put gas in the flipping thing or fuel, diesel, whatever. Like I have to refuel it. That's enough money. I, and I, and I got to pay for insurance and flipping tires. I'm not, not going to do anything else with the stupid car. What did I just do? <laughs> hey, hold on, hold on. I gotta, oh, that's cool. Do you see it switches? What are We've you got, new? <laughs> look at all these buttons. I don't know how to do anything other than hit record. Good anyway, how do, you, how do you fix it? <laughs> I'll super source. Okay. All right. Good job. My point is, I don't want to spend any more money on the vehicle than I have to. I want to do stuff to it. I, I Okay. I, I just enjoy anyway, fast diesel vehicles. I'd get annoyed at the vehicle. I remember every single time... I got a call about a sprinter. I'd go on a tirade telling that person, you need to tell this customer to stop buying these turds because all you're doing is encouraging the manufacturer to continue making more of these turds. <laughs> so if you stop buying them, they will stop making them and everybody will be happier. There you have it. You think that's how it Man's works? Man's got a point. No. That is that is how it works. Well, I guess so. They're still building Land Rovers. <laughs> it's like, I guess oh, that it hurt. does work that way. Yes, it does work that way. Although I will say, What's wrong with Land business. Rovers? What's wrong with Land Rovers? What's that? Land Rovers are great. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I get this call from a guy. This is what we do. They tell stupid stories. And I get this call from this guy, and he calls me, and we have a cutoff year. It's like 99 and 99, 2000 and newer. We don't go older than that because they're just, they're turds, right? Not they're rusty, and I can't fix them at a reasonable price, and then they get upset that I have to give them this giant price. Anyway, this guy calls me, and he's like, hey, he's I right. got this 2000 Range Rover. And I said, okay. And, and he's like, and that's my year. And and I go, okay. He's like, yeah, it's making this noise. I think it's the exhaust manifolds. And I, I love this car, and I want to yeah. keep it forever. And I go, have you owned Land Rovers before, sir? And he's like, oh, I've owned this thing for 12 years. Oh, I said, okay. Is this your first one? He's like, no, no, no I've owned Land Rovers forever. Like, okay, well, I could, we could do this. Sure, bring it down. Right. Bring it down. Now, did you think it was the exhaust manifolds? It's not the exhaust manifolds. I, I, I don't continue. <laughs> I'm dying to hear the, this. <laughs> it's not the, it's not the exhaust manifolds. Things that has no coolant in it. Right. Imagine that. Yeah. No coolant in it. <laughs> and when you start it and rev it, it sounds like a busted exhaust manifold, but it's not the exhaust manifold. It is the cylinder head 
lifting up off the block. Yeah. Because Land Rover. It's 4 6. It's like they all do this, right? right? Anyway. And so we start quoting this thing out, and it needs a lot of engine work, all the gaskets leaking, normal Land Rover stuff. And uh, we <laughs> we get to the point where uh, I, the, my, my service advisor calls me. He's like, what do you want me to do with this? It's like, well, don't quote any of this, like 90 things out, because we'll fix all this when we do the engine. Right. By the way, he's not going to buy anything. He's like, well, how much do you think this is going to be? Well, close to 20000 And he's like, really? Yeah. Yeah, really. I've got to buy a, a block. Right. It's been fixed. Because otherwise, it'll just happen again. Turns out he had had the cylinder heads done before by another shop that didn't know that, hey, don't touch the flipping engine. If anything goes wrong with that engine, you put a brand new one in there that's been remanufactured properly to not blow up like this again because guess what those cylinder heads gonna come right off that block yep anyway so i send the guy the quote he was so mad i can't you guys are trying to cheat me this that you guys don't know what you're talking about sir sir (laughs) trust me on this (laughs) (laughs) unfortunately i've been down this road before sir (laughs) yeah 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 and there is you no are fixing. not special. Yeah. No, neither is your Land Rover. Yeah. If we're gonna, if, you know, if we, I hate to say we we bash on a vehicle car line, right? But you know, you've stepped into more than one uh, facility now where it's right. You have to you have to explain that right. this is this is normal. Right. This is what happens. Yeah. This yeah. is a Land Rover issue. And I, I don't. I, and here's the thing: it's like it's just there's just broken parts, like. We get a lot of uh, Chevy Cruises and tracks, and they put these 1.4 turbo engines in them. They're junk, and they're awful engines, right? And they put them in these vehicles, and they all have the same, like, seven problems. They'll come with P0128 codes. It's like, okay, it's kind of electronically controlled thermostat. They all go bad. They all leak from the same spots, and the turbos have wastegate problems. They have cracks. They fixed them, I think, in 1819. There were less fuel problems. But there was about 10 years there (laughs) where every single one of these things, the problem, though, was the oil coolers would start to leak. They're underneath the turbo. So to fix them, you have to take the turbo off, and then you regasket it, put it back on there, and you have to tell the customer, this is either going to be a $1,300 job or it's going to be a $2,700 job. Just depends on what the turbo looks like when we get when it we off. Get it out, exactly. Yeah, right. Because although it might not be throwing codes now, if we flip it around and there's cracks there, guess what? This is a ticking time bomb. Just pay me to put another third turbo in there. You're just paying for the part. I already have it off. You're just paying for the part. Oh, okay. But you got to tell them every single time. It's a 1.4 liter problem. People get so upset at these Land Rovers. It's like, right. hey, that's just a Land Rover thing. Don't worry. Yeah. Like, hey, you came in this morning. Car didn't get picked up last night, and now this morning, the car sitting cattywampus. Mm. <laughs> it wasn't before, but you came in this morning, and now well, it is. Well, tell me, isn't it isn't it funny how like they will come in for like an engine issue or something one particular, yeah. and then you're like, okay, no problem, just leave it here. I'll, I'll check it out in the morning, and it's flat on the floor with all the airbags. And you're like. Yep. That wasn't like that at all when I dropped it off. Oh, like, no, oh, yeah. No, it's like, of course. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no, no. It's not even that. It's It comes in for an oil change and brakes. And they just and you it, do the oil change and brakes. And you have left the car sitting. Yeah. Or it and doesn't then, start when it's done. Well, yeah. that's a, yeah. <laughs> that, that, I thought that was normal operation. Is it not? No, no. Uh, what was it? Was it the sink on them? 
on the older ones you, that you always had to they would like lose the the pin or lose the difference between the key between two modules or something. Pretty much the class he just taught. Well, yeah, that's pretty much my class. It's a whole I, class. Dude. I, I, what do you got to take the class. You, you, you got to take the class. What, no, you, you get the little bullet? dongle. You want me to give you the silver bullet? No, you get the dongle and you plug the <laughs> dongle up and you unplug the dongle and you start the car and they drive off. There you go. That'd be but great. you end up having to warn every single customer drops over and say, "Hey, is this your first Land Rover?" That's the first question. It's like, yeah. "Is this your first Land Rover?" Yeah, yeah. It's like, okay. This is going to be an adventure. I'm just telling you right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and they're like, How much money do you, you have? You? <laughs> okay. Oh, I don't want to scare them like that. But I do tell them, this is going to be an adventure. I just want to let you know. And by the way, things sometimes go haywire, even though we're doing something fairly benign. Mm-hmm. And hey, we're doing breaks. And then you come in and the car's sitting cocked. And, and it was, I believe them when they tell me, yeah, I had never done that before. It's like, I understand. Hey, by the way, I'm replacing struts and probably the compressor. And, and you go down this road, hey, it's going to be $6,000. What? Mm-hmm. Or I give it back to you the way it is. I didn't do it. Look it up. Yep. <laughs> Google that. Yep. You'll find out. Do I, I didn't do it. Do I uh, Do I dare tell my, my funny Land Rover story? Yes. Go so <laughs> my son and I, uh, my, my son joins Cub Scouts in kindergarten. So that's about three years ago. And I'm meeting all the... Um, fathers oh, at our first cub going. scout meeting <laughs> and of course you just chit chat and the kids are playing and they don't know what they're doing cub scouts and dads are like oh what do you do i'm well i, I, I fix cars it's hard enough to explain exactly what i do yeah, to somebody right. so i'm like I, you know, i'm a mechanic i fix cars and you know I, I buy and sell and you know sell uh support and stuff oh what do you think the worst best or worst cars are and i'm like oh man hands down i'm like I work on BMWs and Mercedes, and I've been in the European space. I said, but Land Rovers are the absolute <laughs> pitfall of art. What is going on with them? You already figured and it I'm out, like, didn't oh, you? And I must have gone on a tyrant for a few minutes there with that guy. And then you don't—you you know, never pile it on. I, yeah, That's no, always I, the mistake. I, I, you I mean, just think, well, I thought I they were interested in hearing. Not to own yeah, I thought no, they were no. interested in hearing what I had to say. <laughs> and here I just stick my foot further in my mouth, and then it comes out ends, and I see him get around. Get him to his uh, full size Range Rover. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> oh, that hurt. Oops. <laughs> and I don't think was that at least a sport. Uh, yeah, at I least they're know. fun no, to drive. Tra- well, he's traded in now every oh, two, yeah, you know, yeah. two years. Yeah. I see him with a new one. So uh, yeah, well, that's never looked at me again. The same. Yeah, it is. That's the answer. That's yeah. Interesting uh, turn of events. I, I used to do tech support, and now I I do this teaching thing, and I I for some strange reason have wound up in a Range Rover specialty shop down the block from my house. I don't know how that happened. It wasn't there a month ago, and now all of a sudden it's there. So in in one of my incarnations, I wound up going into this place, and, and you know, uh, I'm out of pork in there, okay? And um, it's what I do, you know? So I found a really strange turnaround of events. I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm in lockstep with everything you said, okay? However, check this out, okay? Same 2000 P38, okay? I have a picture on my phone I can show you. Phil comes in, he says, I just got this car, I've always wanted one, okay? Now let's talk about who we're looking at, who we're talking with, okay? This guy is well-dressed, he's in good shape. You know, he, it's Wednesday and he has the day off, he must be doing something right, and he's not my age, he's, you know, he's in his 30s, right? And he tells you the story, I've always wanted one of these, my dad had one, whatever the, whatever the passion is, he's, he's igniting it, he's going to go after this thing, so... I looked high and low. I went all over the place. I was overseas. I see how they treat them over there. I came back, and I had to buy this 
P38. It's the exact car he's talking about, yeah. okay, with all the problems he's suggesting. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I said, all right, bud, sounds good. Let's uh, take a look at it. And I haven't stepped out of the building and to go out and look at it, right? And well, it's not here yet. And what do you mean? It's on tow truck. It's on tow truck. <laughs> yeah, I, I figured I'd get here first, see if you guys were at all interested in working on it. And then I bring it on in and we can begin the process. I said, all right, when's it getting here? And of course, as soon as the words come out of my mouth here, flatbed rolls in and here comes this B38. I'm like, really, sir? Is this the one that you picked? And he's glowing. He is in love. It's a new bride. He's like, well, look oh, at this baby. No. You know? And it, it's clean. It is fairly clean. And he did buy it right. He bought it locally. It was a leftover from someone had passed on. And they yeah. took good care of it in their tenure. He is a second owner. So all the ingredients are right. But it's a 2000 P38. And it has all the problems <laughs> oh, you described. Okay? Well, let's fire that baby up. Well, the engine doesn't run. I'm like, okay. There's strike number 20. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So let's, uh, let's see what we can do, right? So... Just out of curiosity. Let me get the invoice out first. <laughs> and it, 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 it's right. It's what we call the heartbreak invoice, right? So this guy is bouncing around like a prom date. He is just like, my goodness, he's just glowing. He's in love, right? So we tell us, let's put a battery in it, throw a battery in it. You know? Lo and behold, it cranks over. I said, pretty good. And after a little bit of love and tenderness, it fired off. And I said, that's great. And it made the exhaust manifold sound. So you can literally see the heads bouncing on top of the engine. <laughs> Okay, sound familiar? So I'm like, all right, hold up, hold up, hold up. All right, thanks, guys. Let's just push this thing in the back, and we'll talk about it on Monday. I have what the what I've uh, dubbed the "Are you budgeted for this vehicle?" conversation. <laughs> it's a plyway plyway of saying you got enough money for this thing, for yeah. the sled. Right. Okay? Before we get into right. before, it, before we start, before I start writing and spending those hours putting that estimate together on what I of known faults. Okay. Yeah. So I had that conversation with this guy, and he insisted that I write the estimate. Right. And because I had that, I said, "Sir, this is going to be a conservative amount. It needs an engine." Well, like a used engine. Like, no, there's no use on this. Dude. Right. It's like the whole thing, and he, he's like, right. "Just write the estimate." I'm like, "Dude, are you sure? Mm-hmm. Write the estimate." Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. Right. Well, no, and 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 there, that could be a double-edged sword. Uh, sword. Yeah. Double-edged sword. Easy to say. But anyway, the idea is that he can go shop that around town. Yeah. Can you do this? Yeah. He wants 20. Can you do this for 13? Oh, I dare him. I dare you to go do that. Well, that's how it it goes on my end of the world, right? (laughs) But I had the, are you budgeted for this argument? And he waited a well-to-do crazy thousand dollar 1994 Defender that showed up. Holy cow. And I just went, how much? Yes, that's what we paid. Unfortunately, this European remake... Came into the country. He bought it sight unseen because everybody buys online now, right? And money was no object. The fellow owns his own computer company, one of the big ones. And he said, fine. Well, we did $16,000 worth of work on it to make it drivable in the United States, okay? And the bill is paid for that question. These are good customers to have, right? Yeah. These are the ones you want. It's the cream of the crop. Um, but we are finding that these old sleds, the ones I used to send to the boneyard back when I had my shop, yeah. you know, back in the 90s and 2000s, right? Um, early 2000s. We were sending them to the Boneyard. Well, someone pulled it on Boneyard, went and restored them, sent them sold them back to them for $100,000. And they're making a resurgence. I don't know if these old Defender guys are writing the uh, uh, coattails of the new Defender that's come out. Maybe that's what they want. But there is 
some very well-funded people out there that have been... And I'm down. Fired. They are more than welcome to show up to my shop with right. their 2003 Defender yeah. that needs an engine yeah. and the full suspension. David is and now every single door lock actuator yeah. and the heating and air conditioning system that doesn't work right. Yeah. Now, I, I absolutely love those vehicles. Right. It was like early 2000s. I don't know why. Those, they're so cool. They're boxy. They, they really drive. are. They're terrible to drive. They're slow as yeah. dirt. They don't stop, right. but they are so cool. Yep. They're built like tanks. I agree. They don't last, but they're built like tanks. Cool factor. And if you got a lot of money and passion for yes. them and you want to spend your money on passion, yep. go for it. That's a market that's out there. The rest of the market is the other stuff that we deal with all day. You know, the the, uh, the ride height modules and the cars that don't start and the target identifier reset you touched on. Well, that's what we have to learn, you know, to pay the, the, the salaries and the taxes yep. and the weekly rent. The long money, which is what mm-hmm. we're discussing here, is for the project stuff. So over at Independent Motor Car, we do both. And, of course, how you appear on the market. A fellow I've thrown in with does a very good job of uh, uh, Instagram and Facebook. And yeah. He has a very good Building reputation. a brand yeah. for that. Films everything, something new every day. Every week there's some some. Uh, the you know, the some most important part, though, is, is making sure that you have that conversation with the customer mm-hmm. and you set expectations. Yeah. Because if you approach this vehicle, these vehicles like a Toyota. Right. Like you're both going to have a bad time. Right. The customer's going to have a bad time. And you're going to have a bad time. Right. It, it's not, not that. It is a level of incredulity when you just did an oil change and the alternator stops working. Right. And then all of a sudden the ABS lights on mm-hmm. and you're like, don't I look at the car anymore. Just don't even look at it. An oil at change. Yeah. And you do your before and after. And the before, it's like, hey, was the ABS light on? No. Well, it never is. You know, yeah. it's, it's tag you it, okay? <laughs> you touched yeah. it. You, know? you touched it. Yeah. You're like, Those cars yeah. must drive in and go, oh, I'm yeah. here yeah. finally. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Every one of them's road hard and put up wet. You know that, right? That's so, uh, And if you have an understanding customer, and we've had the customer, you yeah. call them up and go, hey, I know you came in for an oil change, but your alternator's not charging anymore. Well, what? Hey, I know you just came in for this alternator, but it turns out ABS module bricked. Yeah. What? Why? I disconnected the battery. Oh, and, and by I, the way, I it doesn't start now. Yeah. Yeah, you you put a glove over that alternator cable, buddy. You don't disconnect the battery. Are you crazy? <laughs> That's right. You lost your mind? <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> Never drop the power, right? That was awesome. Thank but you. Guys. Anyway. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the Changing the Industry podcast. If you enjoyed the show, do us a favor and leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. And don't forget to set it to automatically download the latest episode. Our efforts with this podcast, the YouTube channel, and the Facebook group wouldn't be possible without the support of our awesome sponsors. So please take a moment, check them out by clicking on the links in the show notes.